The Black Male Archives, where we capture, curate, and promote positive stories about black men. All right. Thank you for being with us on the Black Male Archives podcast. I'm your host, Rodney Freeman, and I have my friend Van Everett of the host of the Scenario Radio Show. Thank you, sir, for being with us today. Hey man, I'm glad to do it. It's been a long time coming. Uh, you know, you've been on my show a couple of times, so it's good. I can return the favor. Well, man, I appreciate this. I appreciate this, man. And you know, just being able to sit down and talk to you and kind of pick your brain and how you got started, your background, where you come from, and then just you know, being a a black male radio host. What what, what does that mean? So so just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you got started, where you from. Um, okay, well, I guess we can start with where I'm from. Uh, I'm originally, uh, I'm originally, I was raised in Pulaski, Tennessee. I don't know if you're familiar with Pulaski, Tennessee or not, but you've probably heard of Pulaski, Tennessee. You just don't recognize it right offhand when you hear it. It's the birthplace of the Ku Klux Klan. Mm. Uh, so that's where I, that's where I come from. Uh, I know that sounds like it comes with a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of baggage, but to be perfectly mm. honest, it didn't come with any more baggage than any other rural southern town uh you know but but yeah so I, that's where i'm from originally um i was my mom's from nashville my, my father's from there in pulaski so that's where we moved down there once i was born um but and i grew up there mm-hmm. just you know it was i guess i, I want to say it was what you think it was but the truth is most people think it was like an episode of mississippi burning but it wasn't mm, it was yeah <laughs> Yeah, with with the exception with the exception of the occasional clan rally, it was really really normal. What? You, you actually saw them clan, so you saw them clan rallies up, up front in personal. I mean, how was that? They um they would come. It, they didn't. They there hadn't been a clan rally in that town in for you know several decades. Um, yeah. What happened was was when the Dr. King holiday became a national holiday. Mm-hmm. In protest to that, the Ku Klux Klan decided to come to Pulaski to, as you know, the, their birthplace to protest. Mm-hmm. Um, so they came and I think the first time they came was maybe 1986. Yeah. Um, as you can imagine, it's got a lot of publicity, a lot of people, a lot of people were there to see, are they coming? Is this going to happen? You know, and they, they came and I know you're probably thinking came, don't they already live there? It's like, eh, not really. No, no, yeah. no card carrying member of the clan is going to show up. Uh, with his mask off and then have to try to open his store the next day and think everything's going to be cool. That's not how it will go down. Wow. So, uh, but no, no, they came, you know, a lot of them came from like places like Wisconsin, Iowa, Michigan, mm-hmm. places like that. Um, mm-hmm. They came in 86. It was, you know, a lot of publicity, TV, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. It mm-hmm. kind of passed. And they came again, um, I think maybe in 88. Mm-hmm. And then they uh i think they may try to come again maybe in the early 90s by this time the publicity was just way too much for the 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 town to handle so they decided we need to shut all of our businesses down when they come Mm -hmm. so they they shut all they pretty much shut all the stores just everything down Mm -hmm. during the weekend when they when the plan would come in hopes that this would deter them from coming back Mm -hmm. um for a few years it worked really yeah, wow. it actually worked. They uh, they stopped coming. They didn't have anywhere, you know, to go. Hotels shut down. Everything was shut down. So 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 let me ask you a question. So you, growing up in your in your in your in your town and everything, what led you to becoming a 
uh, a radio show host. I mean, were you, were you, was that always, was that always a dream that you aspired to? Or was it, was it just something that, that you fell into? How, how did that come about? It, um, it definitely wasn't something I was aspiring to at first. I, I was a musician, you know, for quite a few years, used to gig with bands and stuff like that. Did, you know, I used to rap all, just all of that type. So I was into music really heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even, uh, through all that time, I was always, people say, people call it political, I don't necessarily call it political. I just think that because I think all things are political, I don't see myself as being political. I just see it as being somebody who has an opinion on a lot of different topics. And I see how things are often interconnected. But I was always somebody who liked to talk. Mm-hmm. And I like to and I like to not just for the sake of hearing my own voice, but to have conversations to understand the why in people's comings and goings. Mm-hmm. And as a musician, a lot of times I would be on the road with guys from all over the country. And we would all be on these long trips. And after a while, as you get to know each other, you become comfortable with the idea that we're going to talk about everything. Mm -hmm. All the things that people say you shouldn't talk about, that's what we're going to start with. Mm -hmm. Whether it's, you know, politics, sex, religion, we'll talk about all of that because we're all, you know, you're just there. Mm -hmm. And and it was always interesting to me to be able to have these exchanges with these people who are from all over the country, from Delaware, from Chicago, from Cleveland, you know, um, Milwaukee, wherever they were from. Mm -hmm. And, they, you know, just they all had these different backgrounds. And the more that I would talk with them and listen to them and then share my opinions, uh, the more that after I finished ranting, somebody would say, you ought to do something with that. And I'd be like, I don't even know what that means. How do you do something with how do you do something with just talking? It, it didn't yeah. make sense to me. And they'd be like, no, no, I don't know. But you need to do something with that, that, that thing you just said. Right. And. And I didn't think anything of it. But by the time I tapered off with being, you know, being on the road and being in the studio and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I was in a space where I didn't know what I wanted to do with my time and with a lot of my energy. Um, and one day I was listening to the radio on the way to my, my job job. Mm-hmm. And as I was listening, I went through a few different stations. And the same thing kept occurring to me was that this irritates me mm-hmm. the way it was black radio. And there's something there was something about the way that I felt that it undermined the intelligence of the listener because it was just really short sighted. Like it, mm-hmm. like when they talked about relationships, they didn't talk about relationships. Actually, mm-hmm. they talked mm-hmm. about. They want they talked about what would you do if so and so cheated on you or would you you know if he was you know bringing this woman over to your house it was always it always the most salacious the most base things that they could possibly bring up and they would call it talking about relationships if they were talking about you know God they were just talking about well you going to church or you're not going to church and, and nothing was ever mm-hmm. there was it was always very surface level and it was always very juvenile and mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong I'm as juvenile as an expert and I love a good laugh mm-hmm. um, but there was there was nothing else and mm-hmm. that really bothered me and it was at that moment as i'm driving on my way to work that it occurred to me it was it was, it was as if something had said to me um the thing that you hear that needs to be done that's for you to do mm-hmm. and i was like oh that's what i'm about to do next mm-hmm. so i immediately went to my my job job uh got my laptop out and started figuring out how to how to start a radio show uh and i spent yeah. that day yeah i spent the day doing that that's what i spent doing that, that that day doing trying to figure that out and you know um so yeah i just went through a, the process of learning how to produce it 
how to format it, just everything. So did you, so did you take your did you did you actually pivot and just stop doing your job job and just no no still held on to my job yeah still okay. held on to my job now I got it now, now there was a time I actually had done radio back in the nineties like in ninety four ninety five in Huntsville mm-hmm. Alabama mm-hmm. uh but I was still a musician then and I just we I was just doing a gig down there and the guy that owned the station that we were performing at, at this event uh-huh. uh he heard me talking he was like you need to do radio and I want you to you know come and do a, a spot on my station. Yeah. And I was like, well, what's it paying? And he was like, you know, it's a part-time gig. You get some extra money. I was like, okay, sure. And I just did that for like a year, year and a half maybe. But I wasn't I, mean, I wasn't interested in radio, and it was the furthest thing from my mind to yeah. pursue it as anything. So, but, but yeah. Um, so how did you form the scenario radio show? How did that start? How did that, how did, because, how did you get to that point? Because I was, I got to a place where I, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. And I know who my audience is. I know who I want to talk to. I want to talk to um, grown black people, um, definitely Gen Xers, um, Mm -hmm. and some of the older millennials and some younger baby boomers, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want to talk to the people who I feel like like to like to talk, like Mm -hmm. to be heard, like Mm -hmm. to have a conversation that goes a little bit further than 142 characters, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and. And I knew that it was going to be rooted still in music, even though we're talking, because, I, you know, for me, conversation and music go, always go hand in hand. And music mm-hmm. and black music, for me, all of us have a soundtrack to our lives. Mm. So what I decided to do was was to figure out how to incorporate music and these conversations at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I, I named it the scenario because one of my favorite hip hop groups was A Tribe Called Quest. And I felt like it just... It, it captured the idea that you, you're setting the scene and this is what this particular situation is. So let's talk. Let's let this unpack the situation and mm-hmm. see what all the perspectives are. Who are the experts? Who are the people who live the experiences and, and talk about it from there? And that's what gave me the name. But um, so what we do, Real Talk with a Playlist, is that we create, we, we, we find a topic. Mm-hmm. We discuss that topic from all its various angles. But also we have people come and share music that's relative to the topic. Mm. So it, it gives you a chance not only to hear whatever their experience is with the topic, but you also get a little bit of who a person is when you get to hear them tell why they like a certain song. And they right. tell you about this song. When people share their songs with you, that's a that's a, a somewhat intimate experience yeah, that you're having with them. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so to have that experience on radio, I thought was important. It it, it had a layer there that I think was just really important to having this communication that I was hoping to have. Man. So how many years have you been doing this show for? We've been doing it for five. Uh, We're in the midst of our fifth season right now, which will end in June. That that season will end in June and we'll take a summer break and come back for our sixth in September. Man, have you ever ran into any roadblocks as a as a as a black male doing this type of stuff has there any been somebody kind of putting any type of like you know blocks or hurdles up for you to 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 get your your voice heard on the radio i'll be honest i've been fortunate Mm -hmm. now part of it is because like part of it is that i've actually when i found us when i found out about community radio Mm-hmm. I, I found out that these were a lot of really very liberal people who were running these stations who were mm-hmm. open to the idea that I had when I sent them my proposal. Mm-hmm. So when we started in Radio Free Nashville, they were they were game for it. They were like, well, when do you want to start? And it was mm-hmm. like, oh, 
Okay, well, let me get this thing together. And mm -hmm. I've had that same luck with the other stations, WHIR in Baton Rouge, WXIR in Rochester, New York, um, and so on. The, you know, various stations, KZI in Austin, Texas, they all were, you know, receptive to this, what it was I was bringing to the table, which, which yeah. is great. But I've also, because I'm very intentional about my audience, mm -hmm. then it doesn't really make, leave a lot of room for the people who would probably have a lot of pushback. So mm -hmm. I don't like, I don't court white comfort on mm -hmm. my show. I'm not interested in, I'm not, it's not my intent to um, antagonize white people. Mm -hmm. But it is my intent to always put center the black experience and normalize it first. Mm -hmm. And if that makes white people uncomfortable, that's fine. So I don't because I don't have any there's nothing about what we do that is ever centered in the idea of, well, what will make white people comfortable? Mm -hmm. Then I don't I don't I don't send the show out to this, you know, to, to demographics that yeah. I have to worry about what their comfort level is. Yeah. So the people that like it, like it. And it's for them. So, and the right. people who don't like it, I mean, even if they were to consider it controversial, why would I care? Yeah, because you focus yeah. in on your target audience, right? Yeah, and, exactly. You know, and so, so what is some of the, what is some of the, the, uh, can you recall some of the, some of the craziest guests that you've had on uh, your show? <laughs> I know that's right. That's um, kind of like wild. Very. But very early on very yeah. early on one of the craziest guests i had um we want i wanted to do a show it was during um october so it was um uh, around awareness on um oh my goodness what's it called uh spousal abuse and, mm, and um yeah. domestic violence yeah. domestic violence awareness so um i wanted to do a show and what i wanted to do was i wanted to talk to some men who had at one point in their lives been perpetrators of domestic violence mm. to, to have them share, okay, this is where I was at that time. This mm. is where I am now. And this is the mentality that I had to give a perspective that I thought really wasn't out there so that if there was some other young man who was hearing that, then they might think, oh, mm -hmm. I never considered that. Maybe I need to approach the way that I'm living is different because really what happens is most of the time when we talk about domestic violence, we just say, oh, well, that man is a punk. And if he did that to my mm -hmm. sister, I would beat him up. It's like, yeah. okay, yeah, that's fine. But we're not really, we're not really figuring out how to get beyond that and figure out how to shift this conversation in some kind right. of way that would be beneficial to a lot of these young men who obviously need some kind of guidance. Right. Um, so I put the word out, tried to do some outreach, had a guy reach out about doing the show. And this was when I had not yet completely learned the value of the pre-interview um spoke to him very briefly very briefly didn't really get the you know and it's like okay this, this is going to be good this is going to be good interview him and he's talking and at first i'm like okay he's a little he's not really really just concise and clear spoken to begin with and then at some point he starts referring to his his at that point wife as his opponent and it just went, <laughs> it just went downhill from there. It was like, wow. Because sometimes my opponent makes me have to, and I was like, oh, I don't think he understands. I was talking about, I wanted somebody who had been there and was trying to, and had moved to a different space, who had yeah. some perspective, hindsight. No, he was still in the middle of this. As far as yeah. he was concerned, he was, he was just between rounds. I was like, oh my God, oh. 
Wow. Wow. Luckily, I had a counselor. I had a counselor on who could, you know, speak to what he was saying and say, oh, no, that ain't cool. This, you know, which was great, but still, it didn't quite, it didn't quite hit the mark the way I wanted. So that was. Wow. So you got some, you got some, you got some stories to share. You got, and, and, and I know you're a family man. You're, you know, how do you, that work life balance, how do you balance this all? (sighs) Um, admittedly, it's easier now. Mm. Uh, both both of our daughters are adults. They're not in the house anymore. So it's me and my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got you know space. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that that means a lot. That so work life balance is a lot easier right now mm-hmm. than it ever was um, mm-hmm. when they were younger. Um, a lot of times I probably to be to be perfectly honest, I could have done a lot better with work life balance. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I could get super immersed in the the work that I was doing and the things that I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, it's a lot better now as, as I got older, I was able to, you know, be more mindful mm-hmm. of, of how to, how to spread those things out and, and, mm-hmm. and know that, you know, to prioritize. So now, like, I mean, I got grandkids yeah. um, and, and I try to make as much time as I possibly can for them. Yeah, um, that's that's, that, yeah, that's always a joy. Yeah. Um, and my wife and I, we always try to make time for each other. And it's interesting that all this time we've had during COVID, that mm-hmm. we've been—it's just been me and her. And people say, you know, when you just have that much time with a person, that it can create tension. And I think we've gotten closer in our, in our marriage than we've ever been. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. So, that's yeah, awesome, man. It's been wonderful. That's awesome, man. So I. I I have to know, like, have you ever ran into like one of your listeners while when you was out and about and be like, "Hey, I heard, you know, I heard yeah. your voice on the radio station," you know? I have. Um, the most interesting thing that I've that I've encountered when I have encountered listeners. Um, now I've probably encountered more listeners online because mm-hmm. of the fact that even though we are, for instance, based in Nashville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. that's not where our biggest listenership has necessarily been. Mm. So, so I've had people from some of the other cities that we've, you know, broadcast in mm-hmm. to respond to stuff. But when I, the, the thing that always comes across the most, and it always makes me feel great when a listener says this, is that they, they hear, they, they seem to notice the details that we are putting into the, the music mm-hmm. talk combination. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh yeah, I like what you guys are doing with that theme this time and uh like I, i've even had someone refer to uh like we'll go into the second hour of the show and we may have an instrumental of a song that's along the same lines of the theme but if you're not paying attention you wouldn't even notice it and they'll be like oh yeah i like what you did there with yeah. uh that instrumental you know or whatever it's a lot of it's interesting a lot of people who are really deep music lovers mm-hmm. enjoy the show mm-hmm. and it's also but it, they also tend to enjoy good conversation as well right and I, right. you know i've never i've never realized that that would be a connection but it seems to be people who are really deep music lovers also really like good conversation at the same mm-hmm. time where so 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 tell me where is your show um where's the air out of and where where's your biggest listeners Based um, listeners? well i would say now because we're now available as a podcast and mm-hmm. we, for years, weren't available as a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could listen to us online because we had archives and we would just make them available for people to hear. But it wasn't necessarily on a particular platform. We just had them in our archives. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we get quite a bit of listenership, of course, through the pod, you know, podcasting now. We're on mm-hmm. uh, 
we're on um, Spotify, which you can hear that and the music. And, mm-hmm. and the other platforms, you can hear our show, but it, it won't have the music because of licensing. But Spotify allows us to have the music as well. Um, but we still have the archives. Um, but no, we um, we're we're again based uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, WRFN Radio Free Nashville, and we've mm-hmm. been there the longest. Mm-hmm. Um, in Baton Rouge, which is WHYR, WXIR in Rochester, mm-hmm. um, W, um, ESU in Connecticut, mm-hmm. in, um, I forget the name of the town in Connecticut, they're going to kill mm-hmm. me up there for <laughs> not remembering. Um, we were on W, uh, CAA in, um, Albany. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, I think we just, uh, lost that station those things happen it shifts a lot of times mm-hmm. from station mm-hmm. station mm-hmm. uh santa, santa rosa california which is krjf um man you be... all over the country man yeah so i might be missing a station or two kzi yeah. austin texas um yeah but yeah so That's we, um fun. yeah so i know at one time rochester was probably our biggest audience yeah. Yeah, we seem to have gotten we, and it was interesting because we were on there Saturday mornings. And so because we do, even though we were doing the show live in Nashville, we would, you know, send it to the other stations. They would get it and then yeah. they would have it on at different times um, throughout the week. But okay. we were on Saturday mornings, 8, 8 a.m. in Rochester on WXIR. That's when we're on there. OK, um, so we're always still looking to reach out and get into, you know, some other areas. We're trying yeah. to move into some other bigger terrestrial radio venues, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's a it's a it's a labor of love, but it's a labor. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet, and and so and so, what what advice do you have for for people who are listening who who might want to get into this line of work? And what 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 do you recommend? And what are your suggestions? Um, I don't know. It's tough because I know a lot of people like there's a lot of podcasts now. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and a lot of people have mics and a lot of people talk and stuff. And I don't know. I've thought about that because there are times that I've wanted to give people advice when I've seen some of the stuff that they were doing. Mm-hmm. But I was like, well, maybe they're looking for something different than what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Because for me, you know, for me, clarity and communication is important. I, I mm-hmm. want people to understand what I'm communicating. And I really want to understand what it is they have to say. Mm-hmm. That's really important to me. So I'm not particularly random. And and that's like if you put the keyword random in in mm-hmm. like a podcast, you'd be surprised how many hundreds and hundreds of podcasts will come up. Everybody mm-hmm. is random. Everybody is unfiltered. Everybody's raw, whatever. And mm-hmm. I know what they think that they're saying when they're saying it. Right. But a lot of times what it feels like when you're listening to it, it doesn't feel random, unfiltered and raw. It just feels unprepared mm-hmm. and disjointed. Mm-hmm. And, and so I would my biggest thing is, is that I would put an emphasis on clarity, mm-hmm. whether that be technically speaking with the setup that you've got, make mm-hmm. sure that as far as audio, it doesn't wear people out when they're listening to it because they can't hear it or it's too loud, you know, um, and also to be thoughtful about what it is you're hoping to communicate to who it is you're trying to talk to and be thoughtful about what it is you're hoping to the response to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I just yeah, I don't think there are a lot of great podcasts. Don't get me wrong, but because there are so many people now, a yeah. lot of them don't feel particularly thoughtful. Yeah, you just feel like you know, bam, this is it. This is yeah, it. and and they'll say you know, and, and I'm I'm cool with the idea. I know there are some people doing. They just want to express themselves, and you know, you know, we just talking and just you know, that's yeah. good. I, I'm yeah. not knocking that. I'm not saying yeah. something's wrong with that, but I am saying when you do that, you have to be 
you have to also accept what the response to that may be. Right. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Good advice. Good advice. So before I let you go, man, because I mean, this has been this has been really great. What um, what do you have lined up for your show? Um, for your for your next show, what are some of the guests that you're gonna have on? What are some of the topics that you're gonna be talking about? Um, our next episode is gonna be a uh, we're going to look back a 30 year review of uh, New Jack City and Boys in the Hood. We're gonna mm. look back at both of those movies because they're both coming up on they're both 30 years. You know, yeah. it's been 30 years since they first came out. Are you serious? I can't believe that 30 years. Yeah, I, I was shocked too. So we're gonna be we'll be looking at that <laughs> next episode. The following episode we'll be talking about uh, food apartheid and uh, food Ooh. deserts. Um, mm. We got some you know um, urban gardeners that'll be on talking about that. Mm -hmm. uh, the episode after that, we'll be delving into friendship with black, uh, like everything from young people who have grown up to be friends, people mm -hmm. who are elderly, who've been friends all their lives, uh, male, female relationships that are friendships, just mm -hmm. examining friendship in all of its different aspects so that we can kind of unfold. What does it mean for us? Because the thing is, our family, we don't choose. Mm -hmm. And then the people that we fall in love with. We choose them and we're very definitive. There's a, you know, there are very defined lines that right. now that me and you are together, that means X, Y, and Z. But our friends are some of our deepest relationships. But a lot of times the definitions about them aren't necessarily clear. So mm -hmm. I want to pick that apart and see what that looks like. So, right. yeah, so we'll be doing that, uh, all of that in May. And then uh, June will roll around. And all June, what we do on the scenario is Black Music Month. So mm -hmm. every episode is us looking back at a specific year in black music and we just talk with different people about it and we do some pop culture stuff and just have a lot of fun with it. So uh, this year we'll be looking at uh, 1981, 1991 uh, and 2001. Mm. Yeah, sir. This has been this has been a pleasure. Where, where can the listeners uh, actually follow you on social media we um you can you can follow us. Uh, we're on Facebook, the Scenario Radio Show. Um, we're on Instagram, same thing. Uh, we also you can also go to the Scenario Radio Show dot com. Uh, that'll that'll point you to all the other stuff. We're on Spotify. I always encourage people to go listen to us on Spotify. Check out the show, listen to the music. Um, but you can check us out on Scenario Radio Show dot com and find all those things. Subscribe, and that way you can get everything that we got coming, sir. Thank you again for being on the Black Male Archives podcast where we capture, curate, and promote positive stories about black men, which you are one of. Again, yes, thank you, Van Everett, the host of the Scenario Radio Show. Again, thank you, sir, for being on the podcast. Man, thanks for having me, bro. I appreciate it, man. All right, sir. You have a you take care and have a good night. All right, you too, man. Thank you again for listening to another episode of the Black Male Archives podcast. Did you know that we have an archive full of positive stories about black men? Yes. Over on our website, theblackmalearchives.com, you can check out full-fledged news articles about positive black males. So please go over and check that out. Also, check out our sister platform which is powerful women of color it's on facebook and instagram you can also check out the archives that they have over at powerfulwomenofcolor.com